0: Hello, and welcome to the show. This is the Goodwind Podcast, and I am Nico Lapelusa, your host. I'm a little nervous to have an amazing episode. I have a feeling this is going to be a good one, but I'm a little hesitant because I'm on quite a large dose of mushrooms right now, and I'm worried that if I have too good of an episode, I may become dependent on the mushrooms. And uh, I know better than that. So we proceed anyway, with with some joy, because I'll tell you what, it feels good to say good things. Or at least it stops the feelings of bad. You know, this, the majority of this mushroom ceremony, if you will. Yeah, it's been ceremonious, just by myself, and my trusty dog, honey, sitting in front of the altar and and just feeling you know, today is the dawning of the age of Aquarius according to some. There always seems to be a reason to set intentions, I'm finding. I'm finding there's always some sort of planetary alignment, which basically gives people permission to really start asking for what they want. But I buy in. I choose to go move forward with it, buy in a little bit. Because sometimes they're nice reminders. You know, they're nice reminders to sit down and to really think, wait, who am I? What do I want to be about? What do I want to come my way? If I got to choose? Hey, genie, I wish for and even if wishes don't come true, Because any good goal expert would tell you there is a part of letting the goal go after setting it and visioning it and praying for it as if you already have received it. There comes to a point where you have to let it go and see if it does come back or how it comes back. So I was sitting today and praying, and and I, I have some conflict in my life. This doesn't seem to be avoidable. Some of this conflict I caused, and 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 seeked out. And I, I do, I wonder why it was expressed in certain ways. And so this act of forgiving myself for expressing and then not in a not constructive way. And yeah, I have these, I don't know, I just have this conflict that's coming up in my life. And that I'm causing and a part of at least, I'm a part of it. And asking for forgiveness for myself, like I mentioned, but also maintaining a sense of pride and validation for the things that I feel. And I'm learning that asking for forgiveness doesn't mean I have to necessarily, I don't have to bow my head in humility. I could stand tall in forgiveness in a way. So saying, I'm sorry, standing tall, saying, I'm sorry with clear eyes and focus, a sorry always, not always, a sorry to myself or the part of me that let myself stumble or say a bad thing, or use harsh language when I didn't, I could have maybe gotten my point across, not so right ruggedly. And so kind of going through this forgiveness within myself first, then I can give a sorry, a genuine sorry to another. And not need anything back. Sometimes so I'm sending out these sorries or uh, please, and not even please forgive me. I'm sending out I'm sorry. Just so you know, I've reflected on our situation. And I hope for your best. And I genuinely feel that, you know, as I'm going through this ceremony, I feel the different frequencies of thoughts and like thoughts that, that, make me uncomfortable for lack of being able to explain the sensation fully. And then thoughts that energize me, thoughts that feel right, thoughts thoughts that ease the suffering. So I'm, I'm sorry in the way that I'm sorry for your, no, I'm sorry to have caused you suffering. I'm sorry to have shared the suffering that I have felt, that I feel at times in me with you. I would like to only share that which, you know, that feels good. also knowing that the world moves in mysterious ways and, uh, and sometimes, by sharing my suffering, it may be uncomfortable for someone in a moment, but it could also help them see more clearly as their path unfolds too. So I'm sorry, but and proud of myself. And I hope for I hope for the best in in all these places of my life, all these conflicts within the family, within friends, within just people on the street. And I'm sorry that I lost fantasy football this year too. <laughs> I didn't want to be. I wanted to, I like kind of set the intention to win. I like playing fantasy football. I like playing uh games. I love playing games. And I like being competitive. And I'm experiencing the pain of losing, you know, after having given my best. Because there's something, there's an apathy that I've noticed and uh, in myself and in others, basically, I'm not going to try and therefore I can't be let down by not losing. And I think that apathy is maybe the, is is the greatest sin. I might, I might say that like with, I might stick with that for a while, maybe. Yeah. Like, apathy seems to be, I don't care. Like, don't be afraid to care, as Pink Floyd says.
1: Don't be afraid to care. And when you try your best, but you don't succeed. When you get what you want, but not what you need. When you feel so tired that you can't sleep Stuck in rivers Lights will guide you home And ignite your bones and you will try to fix you
0: <laughs> the rest of the podcast is just singing coldplay various coldplay songs but you know songs do share you know the sentiment maybe even better than i can even talk around it i hope that i can do the 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 thoughts and the emotions justice and and i think sometimes it's not so much what i say It's how I'm saying it and uh, how and why I'm saying it that seems to come through. So I hope it's felt. So I tried really hard in fantasy football. I made a bunch of moves. I did really well. I think I, I was either the first or second in points scored for the year. And this week was the first playoffs. You lose one, you're out in the playoffs. And I guess long story short, I don't, long story long. I have superstition built around fantasy football because it does feel like out of my control. And it is, you know, I'm putting players in these specific spots. There's a, there's a very small amount of control. And then it's up to the players to do well. And one of my superstitions is I usually set my lineup and then Sunday, come game day, I try to spend as little time watching football. I don't look at anything until the end of the day. So, in a way, fantasy football has almost taken away my ability to enjoy watching football. <laughs> but I kind of set it and forget it. And um, it's it's done me pretty well so far. I've won, a, I've won a few leagues and I've always finished in the top couple in fantasy football. And yesterday I decided to watch some football because two of my running backs were playing uh, at the same time. And... I am a Bears fan, and it was the Bears playing the Vikings. And I had both running backs. And I found they both did really well, and I was I was praying for them out loud. I had never done this. You know, I'm like, hey, let me t- try some magic out. Let me try some manifestation out um, with sports, you know. There was a time where I thought it had, like, I had to save it for special um, moments, like this magic or this desire, or this manifestation. But I think that was kind of founded in a, in a sense of scarcity where it's like an over-seriousness where I can really just let like the magic happen almost in every moment. And I can constant, I can constantly be asking and manifesting and allowing the universe to, to play out. And out loud, I was uh, I was like creating some simple percussion and be like touchdown thirty two, touchdown thirty two, touchdown thirty two, touchdown thirty two. And uh, David Montgomery ended up having two touchdowns that game, and both times when I was the play before, I was saying the spell, casting the spell, <laughs> and then a play or two later, he would score a touchdown. And I did the same with uh, with Dalvin Cook, number 33, of the opposite team, too. And I don't know if it's just luck. I don't know about that. They, they might have done it without me. So it's uh, to be determined, the amount of influence and magic that is possible in these situations. But I gave it my all, you know, playoff times. I I gave a lot of energy, a lot of effort. I watched football, even though it doesn't leave me feeling particularly better. You know, because the commercials, if it was just the games, maybe. But uh, as a sensitive individual, I suppose, having cultivated a certain sensitivity or be given it or both I find that the commercials can be a little difficult. Or just maybe the act of sitting and consuming for too long. Because back-to-back football games, you'll do six hours sitting and then watching. So it took a little bit out of me. But I was really trying to give my best effort towards cultivating a winning fantasy season. I was picturing the money in my possession. Picturing the joy I was experiencing having won and having won before I kind of knew what it was like so I can like draw from that experience. And my team did really well. My team did really, really well. I thought I had it. Another superstition I have is I only focus on myself. I never look at what my opponent's doing or how they're doing it. I don't give their team any energy before uh, before the game. I only focus on my, my own roster. And after a day well spent, there is only one... Position that I I was in question mark about, and I ended up starting a receiver. I had he he did bad, and he ended up losing me. They that judgment call choosing the wrong guy in that one spot ended up losing me the week because the other the guy I was playing did really well too. Anyways, <laughs> it's probably not that interesting. You guys know fantasy football. I think my point my point is you try and it hurts a little bit more when you when you lose and to resist the apathy of not trying in the first place because that apathy is it's just worse I'd rather kind of, I'd rather feel the pain of a loss and like the wishing I made a different decision and playing the game back in my head than just humdrumming through and not not trying. Maybe maybe with fantasy football I should be more humdrum because it's out of my control. I think this apathy lesson is not perfect in fantasy football. <laughs> I think it's more perfect in things that you actually do with your life. Um, Don't have apathy for... Your hobbies or passions, it's, it would be not oxymoronic, but it wouldn't make sense to be apathetic about a passion. Like give yourself to it, even if you lose. I wonder i wonder how many people are actually putting them in, in some sort of competitive place, though. Because oh. you can kind of let go of competition and your passions a lot of passions like music and dance, like you kind of have to seek competition in those. So keeping keeping my, my mindset on competition, it's like, what's the place in it? You know, what's the place for competition? I know what I've told myself for a long time, but you know, with the mushrooms and, and in the now it feels a little different. I don't think no competition is, is the way because there is a certain iron sculpting iron type of type of imagery that's coming to me. It's like, Eventually, it's best to know what you're made of and and competition and tr- trying your best can really show you what you're made of and can make you, I guess, stronger moving forward, more able, more, maybe not more, but Like there is an improvement that uh, I'm questioning whether or not there's a, a such thing as more, ads, <laughs> <It's laughs> mushrooms. I think competition is important because <sighs> for the reasons I just said, and really nothing more, maybe. Because play comes to mind and play kind of devoids competition. Because maybe I can satisfy all these different justifications with play, like getting a good sweat or like losing myself in a game or finding out my worth like what I'm made of, how far I can go. Competition implies some sort of battle where play you can do you can impose on the same game or the same thing and not and have it it kinda has a different vibration. Does competition exist with or without me? Competition helps us see, like, an end. It gives structure. Because I'm thinking of, like, playing basketball and then playing a game where you know you're going up to 20 points or 15 points or the most points wins. And if you're just playing, I wonder if it would carry as much power. It doesn't. When people are competing for something, they're pushing a little bit further. There's a pushing element, there's a there's a heat associated in competition. And I think that heat exists with or without my acceptance of it. And I think the value of that heat is in refinement, you can refine yourself, I can refine myself through the heat of competition, and through Looking into it, going through it, like Dante's Inferno, going through hell to get to the other side and not shining away, shying away. And this refining and sculpting helps me serve myself, helps me serve and protect and and love, as particularly as a man. And there is competition, you know, at the cellular level, like something comes in the body, white blood cells. I guess they work together to eliminate it, but the competition against... Yeah, there does seem to be a conflict in this, in this world, whether or not I want it or not. And I'm learning how to navigate through it. That's kind of what this episode is about, is navigating through this conflict and not shying away. Knowing when to hold, knowing when to fold, knowing when to walk away, know when to run. So I see competition sometimes, you know, in jujitsu and, and I got treated recently. I kind of went into a class and I did the apathy thing. I kind of knew I was with people that were were better than me. And, um, you know, that's an already losing mentality. By not acknowledging my own strength, acknowledging the strength of another. I take that back. Acknowledging the strength of another can be acknowledging the strength of myself, but making myself small, in the strength of another is a losing mentality. And I'm like, Okay, well, I'll just make it playful. I tried to play my way out of it. Like, Oh, I'm not going to really try. I'm not going to put on the put on the power. Um, Let's flow roll. And it's just not what the other guys wanted. I didn't rise to meet them. And uh, I remember after someone had a a loop choke on me. And it was a good one. And I had to like sit back and reorientate myself. And then I looked him in the eye. I bowed. Out of respect, he was a, and then without saying anything, he's like, come on, don't be shy, don't be apathetic, try. Quit pussyfooting around, if you will, stop tiptoeing. Go for it, go for it. And so I did. And, and then it was a good scrap. And uh, the time ran out. I didn't realize how much that was all going to fit into this podcast episode, but alas. I guess jujitsu has been this for me, you know. This is what I'm to work on, is this, this feigning of apathy, too. Because I do care. Like, if it comes to a game, I do care. I do like to win. <laughs> I do. I do. I've been denying that part of myself for so long. It doesn't matter. It's okay. It doesn't matter. I want to win. I do. And it's more fun. And it's it does me a better service to really give my best. To really give my best into things. And to embrace this power instead of shying away from it. And I encourage you all to do the same somehow. I encourage you to embrace the power that you have and and what you really want to do. That you have the bravery to give it your best and fail because you will. And then I pray that you'll be able to get back up and keep going. that the reason to will be stronger than the reason to not for as long as it serves you for your greater good for our greater good. So this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius when Jupiter and Saturn are at its closest that they've been in, in some time. And this means this is an excuse. This is the validation. This is your invitation to manifest, to begin manifesting, to fill the space behind your eyes, to fill the space behind your eyes and to fill the space within your heart And to ask, to ask for help for to ask for what you want, for what you want to create for what you want to come your way. Ask how you can be make yourself ready to receive what will come your way. And then allowing it to do so, releasing it and being and allowing it to do so. And personally, I'm calling in music. I'm calling in music into my life and my ability to create beautiful music that inspires people to dance and to be authentically themselves and to sing and to experience joy and laughter. Songs that uplift and remind people of their inherent wisdom. I call that in. I call in health. I call in the health of the system through gratitude for what it's already, for what I've already had. And for the abilities that I have, I call in health and beauty and longevity into my life so I can continue this path and continue to to play and dance and fight and mess up and forgive and and forget. I call in the beauty, I call in beauty, beautiful people, beautiful outside and in intellectual and caring heart forward people, I call them into my life. I already have them, I already have such a great group to draw from, I call in Anyone, anyone who'd like to share in that, that abundance of love that I've already, that I already get to experience. And beauty through touch and sensuality and sex, powerful, loving sex. I call in beautiful sex and enjoyable, mm, passionate and silly and funny. And I call in sex. sex for healthy sex for all sexual liberation and freedom for all. And for those that don't experience sexual freedom, who are enslaved to sexuality, either physically, or in themselves, I call in their freedom as well. And I call in the American Buffalo. I call them back to the Great Plains. May they roam the earth again, because we now know that By the buffalo roaming this earth, they feed the soil. They mow the grasses that helps them recede themselves. That keeps the soil healthy and strong, which keeps our waterways clean and clear and healthy, which keeps our sky clear and cloudy and healthy so that may we we may breathe in and so that generations to come can breathe in this beautiful air, this beautiful atmosphere. I call in the health of the planet and I call in the American buffalo and the bison to restore this land to heal the ancestral trauma caused to the native peoples of this land. I call that in So the bison, the cow, may roam the earth again and help restore this ecosystem. And I call in abundance to myself too. I do. I call in abundance to myself. I hope this podcast grows. I hope it reaches many people. I hope that it does so in a good way. I hope my words can help build people up. I hope they build you up. I hope they help you experience your true self, some sense of authenticity, purpose and love. I call in the prosperity of this podcast, and my own financial well being and my own financial prosperity. I want to be part of the land, I want to be a, have a ranch where the, where the buffalo can roam free many, many acres where they can be undisturbed and wild. And the buffalo can roam and restore the land. Keep that land protected. I call in to live, have a place to live near the ocean as well. Being close to the ocean and have a chance to be in the sunshine is what I is something I desire, something that I love, something that fills me up. I call that in, and I pray for that to be with the ocean and to be with the water, and to be with beautiful people, smart beautiful, funny and caring people, heart forward people. And I call in the courage to lead to continue on the jiu-jitsu journey to obtain to earn a black belt in jujitsu. I call in being a creative and compassionate, wise, and strong leader for my community, for myself, for myself, for my family, and for this podcast, and for anyone else who needs me or wants me or anyone else I can serve. I call on the strength to do that through music and through dance and through restoring the land and helping the land heal and helping myself heal and through comedy. Enjoy. I call in all these things, Great Spirit. And thank you, Jupiter and Saturn, for being close and giving me a reason to speak these things and share these things on the podcast. I hope you guys find the time to sit down and to Really think about what you want and to write it down, to say it out loud and, uh, express. So there's always next year with fantasy football. (laughs) That's what I had to tell myself. There's always next year. I realize there's like a common theme when I listen to a lot of sports too. And uh they're always like, yeah, these young men, they're out here to compete, they're out here to win. They want to win. And I'm finding the want to win is actually being hardened with age. I'm wanting to win more as I'm getting older. And then Learning when to resist that, learning when it's not necessary, it doesn't serve. When to be cooperative and when to be competitive. And I just kind of find it funny that that seems to be the narrative, but I wonder if you ask the players truly. Because the players have a narrative too. They're told what to say to the media. Yeah, you know, we just focus on one game at a time and... Uh, we do so as a team. I like the team is uh, is great, and I like to be part of the team and, and do my job and and we focus on one game at a time. But if you ask them in their heart of hearts, I just wonder like when they're performing high, if they're thinking of winning, how often they're thinking of winning or how often they're thinking of or how often they're enjoying the game itself. I think success in in any particular game is through the will to win, but also through the enjoyment of it. <laughs> it's not very groundbreaking, but <laughs> it's what's coming through now. I wonder if there are just any, some any high-level athletes that aren't competitive at all. That's what I'm wondering. If Because the Michael Jordan documentary where he's hyper-competitive and he's the greatest of all time. <laughs> I just wonder if there's any really high level athletes who who kind of drop a sense of competitiveness. I wonder if that is possible. Maybe they would never get to like a professional level. Cuz kind of the professional level implies a certain competitiveness, imposed competitiveness to earn the paycheck and to validate your position I'm sure there's been some people on team sports particularly who who just do it because they can and they don't truly love it but that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about like a person who's just non-competitive like is there any like zen like athletes that are just that love the moment to moment of the sport of the game and that it helps them succeed. Derek Rose kind of reminded me of that in his post-game interviews. And his celebrations were never too high. They were just kind of normal. Kawhi Leonard. It's kind of like that. I got to start interviewing people. Maybe I call in. <laughs> last. Lastly, some interesting uh, interviews or. Conversations to have. I'd love to bounce the ideas off someone sometimes and uh, have an interesting show through dynamics, and that might be fun too. Oh, what a trip, what an experience. Thank you all for being here. I, I sense this end to the uh, to this show. And I hope you made it this far. There's some really beautiful moments interlaced there as they're always, uh, and I hope you felt them as much as I felt them too. And thank you. Thank you for allowing me to speak uh, the things that I'm calling in. And and yeah, I appreciate you being here with me so much. So thank you (laughs) in a good way. (sighs) This truly, this has been
1: The Good Wind.